The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Hmm. Today on the lab report, we're going to talk about Arnica, Montana. They have Arnica in Montana? They, you got to go somewhere. They got Arnica there. Wow. They've got it everywhere. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. Jamie Tart Jamie Tart Jamie Tart It's a good show. I'm not gonna lie. The best show ever. Hello! Hey Michael Chapman, how are you today? I'm great. Patty Devers, how are you? I am crushing it and living my best life. Thanks for asking. You can't do both of those things. Multitasking. You cannot crush and live your best life. I'm sorry. Why is it doing it? You get one of those per episode. Overachiever. Sorry. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. I already asked you. This is a <laughs> podcast. It's called The Lab Report. It's brought to you by Genova Diagnostics. Thank you, Genova. Right. Oh, that's not the right Wrong button. Wrong button. How about this one? There it is. All right, cool. Uh, so, you know, it's where we talk about things. Mm-hmm. We sit down. We have a conversation. We do. And hopefully that conversation goes somewhere. Sometimes it goes off the rails is it basically where it goes. Does, right. But sometimes it does come back on the rails sometimes. and provide you with content. And the content we're providing, mm-hmm. it's specialty lab testing, Whoa. integrative therapeutics, okay. functional integrative medicine, yeah. all those things. All those things. And if you also like all of those things and perhaps enjoy this show, maybe go subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. We would appreciate if rate, you did review, the subscribing. This is the stars. part of the podcast where we say, here's what you do if you want to support us. You hit yeah. the buttons. But you know what? You've done enough of this. You know where to go. The, the likey, subscribey stuff. You've already done it. You already know where to go. You, that's right. you just got to do it. That's right. Go do it. All right? <laughs> Bossy. Well, hey, that's how you get <laughs> subscribers. <the> stuff. <laughs> that's how you get bigger. So anyway. Okay. Uh, Oh. <sighs> You coming excited? Up. You excited? Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, many of you don't understand that Michael Chapman is a world-renowned speaker, and he will be on the podium <laughs> wow, not really. at the ever-popular and very famous KetoCon conference next week in Austin, Texas. Yeah, super honored to have been invited to speak. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work on this presentation, oh. and I've been doing a lot of work personally to yes. provide some pretty cool information for the presentation. Uh, is there a teaser, or you're just going to... Including, gonna I did do it. Oh. I did... All right. I'm, I'm doing it. I know you are. I'm so proud of the you. The ketogenic diet. Very proud of you. And uh, I'll be talking about that, and I've been doing some other things alongside it. So, um, yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm excited. You know, because you've struggled it's with gonna be hot. The, you've, you've struggled with the keto diet in the past. And I've been in and out of keto most of my adult life, and every time you've tried it, you're like, ugh, I can't do this. And you know now you've done is, it. I was just talking about this. The thing that I struggle with is yeah. not necessarily, like, the food and what food uh-huh. and, like, oh, reducing carbs and stuff right. like that. It's the lack of the crunch mm. texture that comes with all the crunchy foods. Yeah. There's not a lot of options it's for true. crunch on the it's ketogenic diet, but I found a solution. Parmesan crisps. That's one. Okay. Pork rinds. Pork rinds are great. Yeah. Yeah. Though, so good. A lot of fat, but still. That's the whole thing. Okay. What are you on about? No, oh, I haven't heard Oliver in a while. Aww, hey, hey, Oliver. Oliver. Uh, so, Patty, Oliver's right. What are we talking about? Well, you said we're going to talk about Arnica, Montana, and... 
to be honest, whenever we talk about herbs, I'm always at a bit of a disadvantage because mm-hmm. it's not my training. That's fine. So you're going to have to I got drive it. this train I got today, this. Michael Chapman. I will carry this along. Oh. Um, and to be specific, I mentioned Arnica Montana. That's kind of the most commonly known and used. Okay. Um, but there's actually lots of different species of Arnica that are very, very similar in their action and their uh, how you can use them medicinally. And I'll tell you, of all the homeopathic remedies and all the things that you all talk about with herbs... Arnica is one that I think I've heard the most because so many people use it in creams yeah. and such. So it's gotten the most acceptance yeah. in the conventional world. Yeah. Sometimes you'll even hear of like surgeons mm-hmm. talking about using it before or after surgery, which is just like a radical difference Whoa. between how it used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's you. You tend to see it. You, a lot of people carry it around on all mm-hmm. their hiking packs. Use That's it right. on kids. So um, it's got a lot of uses for sure. All right. Well, let's bring it all the way back. All I know about it is that it's a really pretty yellow flower that kind of looks like a daisy or a sunflower. It's mm-hmm. really pretty, and I know it grows in the higher elevations. And you know, if we're talking about Arnica it, Montana, the word Montana is actually Spanish Montana for mountain. So right. that makes sense. Think um, timberline all the way down to about four thousand feet. Yep. Um, particularly in the Northwest, but it goes all the way down to Nevada, California. Uh, Like you said, higher elevations. Mm -hmm. Um, It does have, it's a yellow flower, like you said. It's kind of typically grows on like a long stalk, Mm -hmm. a longer stalk, not like a dandelion that has that thick stem that's kind of low to the ground. Like this thing tends to be a little bit taller. um, And you'll see it in like big stands of it. Uh, It'll be be clustered around uh, quite a bit. All right, so... What I know people use this for and what I've seen people actually get some results with is that people put it on things like their joints or bruises or Mm -hmm. inflammation. And you Mm -hmm. just talked about surgeons. Like, so if you're using it for to stop or prevent bruising or to improve it, you're trying to decrease swelling and pain and inflammation. That's how I know people use it. Yeah. And that's basically how for a long, 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 long time it has been used. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's its kind of most noted use. Um, Bumps and bruises. This is your bumps and bruises topical, right? Uh, okay. And the topical application is the most common application of uh, Arnica. And so that's, you know, you see it everywhere. Well, how, how does it prevent bruising and inflammation and swelling? I, well, uh, you want me to go real high level or how do you want me to explain that? Because Yeah, let's, let's start with high super level. Super high say, level. Yeah. These herbs, uh-huh. they've got stuff in them. Wow. Yeah. And the, the stuff actually... Can we sometimes talk about this word pharmacognosy? Okay. Pharmacognosy is the study of compounds that are naturally derived that are then can be used as drugs because originally all of our pharmaceuticals were naturally derived, correct? Okay. They okay. Were, you, we, we got like aspirin from, from plants. We got right. all this stuff right. from plants. And so this pharmacognosy, we know a lot of the constituents that are in plants. And so there's a whole list of them. So we think about saponins and flavones, anthroquinones, coumarins, acetylenes. Right. And so these different constituents, we don't have to get into every single one because there's so many. Right. Um, but these they have the medicinal action. Um, Mm -hmm. And so Arnica has kind of a group of constituents that are really great at uh, essentially altering inflammation and inflammatory cascade products. Um, Nitric oxide being one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It tends to help regulate blood flow to a certain extent when applied topically to that area. So um, that's, that's the main focus of its medicinal action. I'm sure there's lots of biochemistry that is uh, a bit smarter and harder to listen to that could explain that better than I did. No, that was phenomenal. But to your point, there actually have been studies using those plant compounds from Arnica. Yeah. And some of them 
are in post-operative patients mm-hmm. and people who have things like rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, inflammatory conditions, like you said. Right. And there are studies that show that these patients who have used Arnica treatment had a 4.5-fold inhibition of nitric oxide production, which we know is important for vasodilation and swelling, uh-huh. right? Yep. Yep. Um, reduction in levels of nitric oxide synthase, cyclooxygenase protein, decrease in TNF-alpha, all of those inflammatory mediators that you're describing. These plant compounds, sesquiterpene lactones, yeah. and head... Helenin- Helenins. Helenins. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they've been shown to be the bioactive part of Arnica. And this is kind of how it works, right? So we sort of look at the herb and we say, hey, what's in there that's doing the thing? And mm-hmm. then that goes into, like, can we make a drug model out of this? Right. Um, you know, and from a more traditional perspective, I think there's some grievances there because it tends to be reductionistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we tend to exclude a lot of the minor constituents that also have physiologic action. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I like the proof. It's like, hey, what we've right? been saying for 400 years <laughs> is actually true. You know, I'm glad we do that. But at the end of the day, the key is because of those actions, getting it on the skin, on the bruise, on the injury as quickly as possible is super important because that inflammation process happens really quick. Totally. And so here's my question. Inflammatory process. Here's my question. (laughs) If I come across, say I'm I'm hiking up in the mountains and I come across Arnica plant, can I just grab it and eat it? Can I eat it? Rub it on my skin? Like, ooh, I'm hiking. I just banged my ankle. Can I just like rub it right on my skin or eat it? You could rub it on your skin. Absolutely. You could totally do it. I wouldn't recommend eating it. Um, well, it's how, not, how, do you, how do you take it? It's a it? very strong herb. So even, you know, there are tinctures, which a tincture is basically an alcohol extract. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is diluted to a certain extent, given how much herb per alcohol there is. Um, so it's a strong herb. Um, and it does have some potential uh, contraindications because of the strength of it. Uh, it can be toxic at higher amounts. So it's not something that you so don't eat, eat it. Don't eat it. OK, um, don't make a tea out of it. No, no. You, but what you could do is, I mean, you could crush it and grind it, mm-hmm. um, and then you know apply it to some sort, like essentially make a poultice out of it, um, not a spit poultice, but use some sort of water or something to grind it up, basically turn it into kind of a mush, and then apply it to your skin topically. You could do that if you're out hiking and you see it. Okay, so ordinarily most people who are using arnica cream are not outside hiking. They're like in the drugstore. Or they brought it in their pack. And when they True, (laughs) true. Okay, so that's exactly what I'm talking about. So when you see it in a drugstore, right, or a department store or wherever you see it, it's usually in some some type of like a a dilution. It's in a cream or in a gel. And so my question to you is, coming back to homeopathy. Coming back? I don't think we've ever brought up homeopathy (laughs) on this podcast. No, I don't think so. Oh, you and I have had many long discussions yes, regarding of course. it. Yeah, you and I have discussed it. Really? We've it's never? off. Yeah, it's We've off limits for this podcast. I think. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, oh gosh. Half the people just jumped off. No, but all right. Let's not get into homeopathy. Let's just get into the concept of the dilution of it because you sure. just said it's a very toxic plant. So when you see it in creams, or in gels, or in tinctures, it has to be diluted. So tell me how dilute we're talking. So wait, you want me to just like. Break down how to dilute stuff? Yeah, and homeopathy in general. I'm going to break down homeopathy. Yeah. Okay. It's time to break, break it, it down. down. Is it too much with the echo? No, I love it. <laughs> Just right. All right. So, homeopathy. So, 
with respect to Arnica, let's use Arnica as the example, okay? All right. So Arnica, there's preparations that you can do that's an herbal preparation, right? Mm -hmm. You're taking the herb and then you're extracting the constituents into something that could be alcohol, that could be glycerin, that could be honey, that could be so many different things. And so that's a tincture. Right. And so like if you were to take a flower and then extract it into like a gallon of alcohol, that's obviously not going to be very potent. It would be more dilute as compared to if you were to put it in like 30 mils. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. So we're talking about scales of dilution. And so at a certain point with Arnica, we're talking about we go from the scale of dilution from an herbal preparation Mm -hmm. into the realm of homeopathic preparation. And most of these things that you're getting uh, in the creams and stuff over the counter, you can even get it at Target. That's actually a homeopathic preparation, meaning it's gone through a very specific process so that it is very dilute. Um, And if you look on the box, it'll say something like one X, which means it's gone through through a serial dilution 10 times. Whoa. They take the initial dilution and then they they essentially dilute it one to a hundred and then they do that 10 times. Then the one to a hundred uh, over another hundred and then that, exactly. oh my goodness, exactly. so that's really compound, dilute. Yes, exactly. And it would be so dilute that it would be difficult at a 10X to or a 1X to even detect whether there's original particles of it in there. Wow that's homeopathy and at a certain point you go past Avogadro's number Uh to where you will not be able to find any molecular identity of the original substance. Wow. But in homeopathy, don't they say that the more dilute it is, the more potent it is? That's the whole theory. Yeah. That's the whole theory. So it's opposite of what you would think commonsensically. Exactly. And that's where it gets into this realm of, you know, is it more of an 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 energetic medicine? And that's where you get all the pushback. Um, And so that's, that's the whole thing of it. I sometimes use the analogy of, you know, like a vaccine where you're giving something at a very, very small agent in order to influence the body to do something it naturally knows how to do. Got it. Okay, so if I'm hearing you correctly in that break it down, well done, by the way, sir. Thanks. Love the jingle. There's some, I mean, there's a lot more. People who are big home oh, yeah, yeah. are going to be like, what? You didn't bring up this thing over here. <laughs> no, I know. No, we were I basic, had, look, basic. The basic. jingle was only so long, guys. <laughs> but if I'm hearing you correctly, when I go to the store and I'm buying Arnica gel, and it's a homeopathic dilution yeah. within the base of this gel or cream. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that the amount of actual arnica that in, is in there is diluted so much that it may, in fact, be so diluted that it, it can't even be picked up as a substance within that gel. Yet, it is still shown to decrease inflammation and bruising and all of these things we just talked about. Well, okay. Let me add some clarifying terms there. So... uh it depends on the dilution okay. as to whether you're going to be able to find actual, uh, whether, you know, the, the constituents in Arnica are technically in the cream or not, depending on how dilute the cream is. Um, and then the other thing is, does it work? I mean, there's empiric, or there's anecdotal evidence, right? A ton of people use it. Right. A ton of people use it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're talking about the studies that you were mentioning before, where they've been using these constituents, they're not using homeopathic preparations. So mm. the degree to which we've seen in the literature proof that this homeopathic preparation has efficacy, I actually haven't really looked at that. I, I would be surprised if a lot of work has been done or there's been a lot of work to demonstrate its efficacy from an RCT. Um, but again... Randomized control trial. Thank you. So... One of the, we have to understand that 
Arnica, we can look at Arnica from a botanical lens and we can look at Arnica from a homeopathic lens. And they're, they're somewhat two different things, although they're used very similarly for, uh, or I guess they're used for similar ailments. But Michael, I seem to think I've read that Arnica can actually be poisonous, right? That if you take it by mouth or if you use a tincture, like you take the plant, you put it in alcohol, you make a tincture, and mm. then you're diluting it. If you take the tincture in the plant and, and you're taking this internally or uh -huh. using it over time, that it can become poisonous and toxic to your liver and, mm. and cause all these organ damage, all this stuff. So my question is, is that why they dilute it to be used in over-the-counter products? So I don't, let me, let me break that out. There's a couple things to unpack there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't believe that the dilution is done because of the toxicity, right? The dilution is done is because people are making homeopathic preparations intentionally because they're oh, wanting oh, yeah, to yeah. use it okay. homeopathically. Got it. Mm -hmm. From the perspective of toxicity, um, the, the plant has always had a reputation of being somewhat of a scary plant. Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots kind of on this list where we, we see them show up all the time. And it's because, yes, there have been people uh, serious, significantly injured by overdosing on, on a particular plant. So Arnica does have a degree of toxicity. A lot of medicinal plants have a degree of toxicity, right? Mm -hmm. So this is where the training comes in. Arnica can be, has been used internally with success if you're doing the right dosage and for the right time period. And so by that, I mean very short window of time of, of use and very, very small doses. Um, and that is where it takes a trained professional like an herbalist or a naturopath to understand the toxicities within these herbs. And so, um, but I am not afraid of giving Arnica. What happens is that, yes, you make this available Mm -hmm. and people don't know how to use it, then there's going to be injures, injuries. You wouldn't right. make any medication that has a degree of toxicity just openly available because there's going to be overdoses, right? And so anytime that there's a plant that's, a, you know, a tincture and a supplement that has hurt somebody, then it goes on the bad list because but it, it, it has a degree of toxicity. As you're speaking, I'm thinking of Tylenol or aspirin, things that are sold over the counter right. when ingested. You can overdose and die right. with these things. So it's exactly. quite similar. Yes, it's a quite exactly. similar it's, concept. Right. Beca I mean, they are medicines, mm -hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, it's it's on a bit of the moderate to higher degree of toxicity. There's ones that are, you know, have to be careful in a similar sort of way. I think of pokeweed um, and, you know, there's a ton. So I just want to say pokeweed because I really <laughs> like pokeweed. But it's super medicinal uh, if, it, if it's used correctly. Right. And so that's where you have to have the training. You can't just run out. I think it's – I'm sure there's warnings on the labels of the Arnica tincture. And there's not a lot of people who are, like, buying up a bunch of tinctures and right. using them at home if they don't know how to do it. Here's a question. Okay. Can you use these Arnica gels or creams or tinctures if you're pregnant or breastfeeding? Um, I would not use a tincture – in any way if you are pregnant or breastfeeding. No, I would not use a tincture without any, without a licensed supervision, Got right? It. Yeah. Somebody. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, do Someone not do that yourself. Someone knows what they're yourself. doing. Do not do that yourself. What, with respect to the cream, I personally don't have any concern about that hmm. um, because of the dilution aspect. I mean, we're talking about compounded, compounded dilution. Right. So, right. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think it's important for, for people to have a certain perspective and respect for the wisdom and the training that does go into knowing the pharmacognosy of these medicinal herbs, knowing their power as is being demonstrated in the research, 
And then knowing how they function not only by themselves, but in combination with other plants that might be in the same tincture. Now, notoriously, every time we do an episode regarding an herb, uh huh, I go down the rabbit hole because I don't understand the naming conventions and the nomenclatures because each herb has like 17 different random names. <laughs> yeah. Is Arnica the same? Uh, yes. What's in a name? Love it. What's in a name? Okay. So there's always the scientific, the Latin name, right? right? And then there's the common name, but common names can come from all over the place where people just decide to call it something. Just decide to call it something. What's in a name? So that's right. where we get all the different names. Well, I go to Wikipedia and I'm looking for like the etymology, etymology of the word. What's in a name? Love it. And it says that the genus name Arnica is derived from the Greek Arni, which is lamb, which refers to the plant's soft, hairy leaves. Arnica, soft, hairy leaves. Arnica. Uh, uh, I've got some dispute on that. Oh, no. Uh, uh, oh, no. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, no. Just because it's been used for so long that we don't exactly know 100 There's one, uh, one uh, mention here that I found where they're, they're wondering whether it come, could have come from the French word arnic, uh, which means to protect oneself. Uh, um, uh, um, uh, 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 uh. So, it, you know, with these things, the first kind of literature reference to arnica being used is actually dates all the way back to 1625. So uh, if that gives you any idea of the scope, um, and they said basically what we're saying right here. It's used for bumps and bruises, getting hurt at work, and walking around and stuff. But the other names, I mean, leopard's bane. Leopard's bane. What's in a name? And I think of the word bane, like the bane of someone's existence. Is it because they thought it was a poisonous type of a plant? Plant? Hey, John Ford. Like the leopard's, leopard's bane is killing leopards? It's the, the bane, bane of, of leopards. <laughs> it's existence. Actually, uh, yeah, pretty much they once thought that this entire genus was poisonous to animals and so you had leopard's bane you had wolf's bane so um that certainly Human was bane. Part of, what's in a name okay <laughs> right julie bane right um but an interesting there's some other common names for it as well and one that stands out is mountain snuff oh i've seen it mountain tobacco maybe it's the same thing well snuff. similar right because yeah. it actually was used it was smoked um mm-hmm. and and used as snuff as well right. so you know just demonstrating all the different ways that herbs used to kind of be part of our life we think of smoking right as being just tobacco but uh there were but uh there were smoking the arnica but uh there were but uh there were smoking the arnica there were lots of different things that would be part of a uh, a smoke combination I mean, people smoke just about anything they could get, get their hands on, basically. <laughs> Jim, grab those flowers over there. Grab those flowers over there. We can probably smoke that. Well, I have a philodendron down in my office. Can I smoke that? Don't smoke, Patty. That? Don't smoke, Patty. Okay. What's in the name? Hey, John Tort. Don't smoke, Patty. Don't smoke, Patty. Okay. Patty's bad boy. Compared to some of the other herbs we've done that had tons of various really strange common names, uh-huh. Arnica really doesn't have that many. What's in a name? Yeah, it's true. And so, although that's kind of the list of the notable common names, there's a What's huge in a name? list of actual Latin names because of Arnica is a very large genus. It has a lots of different species. And so probably why we actually end up just commonly and collectively calling it Arnica. Amica. What's in a name? 
So, and after all that, Patty, I think it's just going to be really interesting to sit back and see how many complaints come in to podcast at gdx.net. <laughs> That's our email address to essentially say that we did a terrible job explaining Arnica. Or homeopathy. And I think if we're going to start to get the complaints about homeopathy, I think we should hit it straight on. I think we should dedicate an entire episode to it. You're saying no. You've got a strange look. I think that's great. I support you. You know, the one thing to know is just so happens I'll be out of town. So have at it. <laughs> Ketocon. <laughs> Next time on The Lab Report, Patty's going to tell you all about homeopathy. What? No, I don't know anything about homeopathy. That's okay. And I've got you, all the books. Listen, down. you won't even let me touch the soundboard. No, I won't. Job, I have to have some value around here. Job security. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. No, seriously, Ted Lasso is by far the best show I have seen since The Office, and that's saying something. No, I totally agree. Yeah. I was telling you that, and you were like, what? <laughs> you made fun of me for like a week. And then I saw it, and it's changed my life. Yeah. And so I'll say this. Go ahead. Stranger Things 4. All right. Very good. Just very good? Very good. As good as Ted Lasso? The thing that makes that hard to answer is that Stranger Things 2 is like my favorite uh, out of the Stranger Things. Yeah. And so it's not quite as good as the second season. So it can't be as good as Ted Lasso in my mind. Yeah. But it's still, like I said. It's still good. Very, very good. good.